Respiratory medications. Many respiratory drugs are given by inhalation, although enteral, parenteral, transdermal, or, trop or topical routes of administration may be used for some agents. Giving medications by the inhaled route has, been, has several advantages over systemic administration. A smaller dose can be used. Adverse effects can often be reduced. The drug is delivered quickly to the lung or to the bloodstream. Administration is painless, and delivery is usually safe and convenient. Bronchodilators. These are the most frequently used inhaled medications. Bronchodilators can be divided into sympathomimetic adrenergic drugs, parasympathetic anticholinergic drugs, as well as being classified as short-acting or long-acting. The adrenergic drugs stimulate the sympathetic nervous system, while the anticholinergic drugs block the parasympathetic system. Ad adrenergic drugs work to cause bronchodilation. Anticholinergic drugs block bronchoconstriction. Short-acting drugs are effective for four to six hours, and long-acting bronchodilators usually last about 12 hours. Albuterol is commonly used as a bronchodilator and is a short-acting beta-2 adrenergic agonist. Salmeterol is delivered in a dry powder inhaler and is long-acting beta-2 adrenergic agonist. Levobuterol is a, a R anameter of racemic albuterol and is frequently used inhaled drug for bronchodilation. This is, a single, this is a single isomer drug. The other isomer has been removed. More isomer medications are being developed and released for this use because these drugs tend to reduce adverse effects such as tremors and tachycardia. The SABA medication, medications are used to provide short-term relief from bronchospasm and shortness of breath, often associated with asthma and COPD. The long-acting uh, beta agonist medications are used for longer-lasting relief and are useful in treating asthma and COPD. Anticholinergic medications provide relief from bronchospasm and shortness of breath. They can be used alone or in combination with short-acting or long-acting beta agonists. They are frequently prescribed for patients with asthma or COPD. Of the anticholinergic drugs, respiratory therapists are probably most familiar with ipratromium. Ipratromium works at the muscarinic receptors and blocks transmission of parasympathetic response. Combination of albuterol and ipratropium has a significantly better effect than, than one or the other alone. A newer formulation of this type of bronchodilator, a bronchodilator is teotropium, which targets more specific muscarinic receptors. Teotropium has a longer pharmaceutical half-life and promotes bronchodilation for 24 hours. So some frequently used medications for respiratory disorders, bronchodilators, we've got albuterol, levobuterol, salmeterol, formeterol, corticosteroids, we have racemic epinephrine, fluticone, budesonide, most cell stabilizers, mast cell stabilizers or anti-IgE antibodies, that is momosode, ferrote, uh, netochromil, leukotriene receptor antagonists, Chromalin sodium, antihistamines, hyposensitization, and allergic emergencies, zephyrlucast, montelukast, and xaloton, respiratory stimulants, loratadine, fexofenadine, sertrazine, epinephrine, pulmonary surfactants, doxapram, theophylline, progesterone, caffeine, oxygen microbials, Cholesterol, palmitate, biacritant, 
salcatan, and procatan alpha antivirals, pentanamine, tobramycin, expectorant miscellaneous, robovarin, xanavir, guafenicin. Many patients with congestive heart failure, coronary artery disease, or hypertension take medicines that block the beta-1 receptors. These blockers could also be termed as sympatholytics. Upon initial release of these drugs in the 1960s, patient physicians were advised to use it, avoid using them to treat patients with COPD or asthma due to the possibility of bronchospasm. As the beta-blocking drugs have become more specific to cardiac receptors, however, this potential problem has been eliminated, and the use of cardioselective beta-blockers has become common in patients who also have COPD or asthma. Corticosteroids are an anti-inflammatory uh, glucocorticoids used primarily for patients with asthma, but they are of some use in COPD as well, particularly in patients with severe COPD and frequent exacerbations. Corticosteroids inhibit many of the cells involved in the inflammatory response, such as eosinophils, T lymphocytes, mast cells, and dendritic cells, and help to increase the, parameter, the diameter of the airways by reducing swelling. By inhaling these medications, patients minimize many of their symptom, systemic adverse effects, which can include Suppression of the hypothalamus, pituitary and adrenal glands, osteoporosis, mood changes, fluid retention, hypertension, and increased white blood cell count and a shift in the normal differential, Cushing-Goyoid appearance, and growth restriction. Nonetheless, some of the adverse effects associated with inhaled corticosteroids, these include candidiasis, hoarseness, and changes of voice and cough. These problems can be minimized, though, through the use of a spacer and a meter dose inhaler, along with brushing the teeth and gargling to help reduce residual medication in the oropharynx after using the inhaled medication. Recently developed inhaled steroids provide long-lasting drug coverage that does not require the patient to take multiple puffs from the inhaler, helping to increase compliance. Fludacazone, betanazone, and most recently mometazone have become popular as effective steroids that reduce the number of puffs needed. Mometazone, for example, can be effective for some patients who use just a single puff of 220 micrograms in the evening. Some inhaled steroids developed earlier required as many as 4 to 10 puffs at a time to manage symptoms. Budesonone has an advantage over the other steroids in that it can be nebulized. Every other steroid used in the United States is available only as DPI or multidose inhaler. Mast cell stabilizers and anti-IgE bodies. Necromidamil and chromalin sodium are older, well-known drugs. Both work to stabilize mast cells and pro prohibit release of asthma-related chemical mediators such as histamine, leukotrienes, and cytokines from the mast cell. The third drug in this category is omalzabulb, which is injected subcutaneously every two to four weeks to treat patients with refractory or severe asthma. These three drugs are not to be used to treat COPD since problems with mast cells do not appear to be part of the clinical picture. Amalzabub stops uh, immunoglobulin E, IgE, from binding with mast cells and basophils, thus preventing the release of chemical mediators. Patients must be more than 12 years old to use this drug, and administration must be closely monitored for the first two hours after injection due to serious side effects, including anaphylaxis, the severe and sometimes fatal systemic reaction to an allergen. Patients who might be candidates for treatment with omalzabub uh, must have their total serum IgE levels tested and their current body weight measured for the correct dose to be determined. 
leukotriene receptor antagonists. Asthma patients use these medications to block the effects of leukotrienes as part of the inflammatory cascade. There are three drugs on the market that work in this area. Zephyrculast, Montecalast, and Zilaton. Of these three, Monoclast could, it would be preferred. It's the only drug approved for children two or more years old. In addition, Zealoton has an adverse effect involving liver toxicity, and the manufacturer recommends monitoring liver enzymes when it is used. These three agents are taken orally and are not to be used in treating respiratory disorders other than allergic responses and asthma. Antihistamines and, and epinephrine. There are numerous first-generation antihistamines such as diphenhydramine and uh, chlorophenarine on the market, and most are available over-the-counter. The three most notable second generations are loratadine, fexofenadine, and sertrazine. These no longer, these longer lasting, less sedating than the first generation drugs, so they are frequently used to treat allergies and asthma. All of them are su supplied in pill form. Anaphylaxis is, used to, is treated using epinephrine, usually given intramuscularly or subcutaneously. Some patients with severe allergies carry a single-use injection of epinephrine for use in an, aller an allergic emergency. Respiratory stimulants. Drugs in this category, doxapram, progesterone, caffeine, and theophylline. Doxapram has been used primarily to help preterm infants who have apnea, but has also been somewhat helpful in older patients who with sleep apnea and COPD patients with acute respiratory failure. Likewise, progesterone, caffeine, and theophylline have been cited in literature as having limited roles in stimulating the respiratory system. All these, these medications bring about short-term apnea relief and increased ventilation. There's also limited support to, uh, there's also limited data to support their routine use. Pulmonary surfactants. Treatment for neonates with immature pulmonary systems has included exogenous surfactant for many years. In 1990, cholecyphoril was approved for use, and it was followed by baractin in 1991. In 1998, calfactant was approved, uh, followed by por porticant, and uh, also known as cholecyphoril, is the only surfactant that is classified as synthetic. All the others are natural, whether ingredients taken from animals or humans through alveolar, lavage, or um, amniotic fluid. All these surfactant preparations are given via endotracheal tube installation with varying dosage, handling, and installation, de installation details. Other agents. Guifenesin is commonly used as an over-the-counter expectant. Expectorant that is now being advertised heavily. This re-emphasis is curious. However, since the American College of Chest Physicians Evidence-based clinical practice guidelines on therapy to decrease cough frequency and intensity stated that guafenicin was ineffective in enhancing cough clearance in patients with chronic bronchitis. The drug is not mentioned in any of the 15 American College of Chest Physicians recommendations on cough suppressants and pharmacological protrusive therapy. Varicinolin is a medication for smoking cessation that is thought to bind to the nicotine receptors in the brain. When the nicotine receptors are tied up with varicinolin, the pleasurable sensation associated with smoking is blunted. Therefore, this desired effect, varicinolin, has several adverse effects that reinforce the desire to quit smoking, including nausea, headache, sleeping, and dreaming abnormalities.